Welcome in, everybody, to the Important Nonsense Podcast, Friday edition, Trust or Bust, helping you with those lineups, getting you into the weekend here. As always, you know him, you love him, that FF nerd, Mr. Jason Draven. How's it going, Jason? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm ready for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's not get into details, but yes, this week has been trying. And yeah. <laughs> all the way from Canada... Mr. Jack Cavanaugh, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. Happy to be in. Thank you, Jason, for uh, that tribute, I think, if we want to call it that. I got you. Well, it was only loosely sarcastic, which is pretty much like right on brand for the show. So in that- I worked on it. I gotta say, I gotta say he's actually on brand for important nonsense right now. So there you go. Only moderately pitchy, we're fine. I appreciate that he Googled the lyrics to my national anthem. I do appreciate that. Well, the first two lyrics in that. I got the words down. We're fine. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, this is not a hockey game, so we will not continue to sing Oh Canada. Uh, this is, in fact. <laughs> Face off. Let's go. Oh, boy. Uh, I, need a drop, I, need, I need a drop. It just says show killer. I need like a, my wah, own wah. show kill. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll do something like that. Uh, get, get that going. Oy. Oh boy! All right. Well, I tell you what. On that painful non sequitur, we have a game to break down, gentlemen. Thursday night football. Frankly, Oof. let's not spend the whole time talking about the ending. Let's do the ending at the end. Perfect. And let's let's go let's go team by team here, and let's just start with Pittsburgh. Uh. What we were talking about in the pre-show meeting, just Pittsburgh's inability to move the ball in general. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. Mason Rudolph, he, at Oklahoma State, he could kind of throw the ball downfield. At least that's what it looked like he was going to be able to do in the NFL. And he just cannot do that. He was absolutely terrible. And just the rest of the Steelers suffered too. It was awful. Well, it didn't help that he lost Juju and Johnson like within three plays of each other. That That was rough. A little bit more than that. He lost Connor and Juju almost with it. And then Johnson was early in the third quarter. But your point is well taken. Uh, Steelers were decimated by injuries in this game. Uh, Juju leaving with the... Uh, what was the Juju injury? Concussion. It's also concussion. Also concussion. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Juju and Johnson both out with concussions. Johnson left that game uh, bleeding with from the ear, actually. And that's a bad one. The uh, the Randall, the corner for the Browns, actually uh, was ejected from the game because of that hit, and I would assume will be suspended by the league over it. Uh, Suspension is a common theme in this game, as we'll get into here uh, at the end. Um, but well, when yeah, you're playing the prisoners versus the guards, that's kind of how it's going to end up, right? <laughs> I was commenting to someone we were watching the game with yesterday evening who does not watch uh, very much football. And their comment to us was, why would in the world beyond fantasy, would you want to watch the Browns play the Steelers? And my comment back to them is going back to my time living in Cleveland. I, I have watched this game for years. And even when both teams are bad, the reason to watch it, there's always some sort of disaster or block kick or a horrible thing that's going to happen. And it's different every year and you never know what it is, but I guarantee it's going to happen. We'll get into it, like I said. And there were multiple of them. <laughs> multiple of them. <laughs> the Randall ejection is just one of them. So, to your point, even when he had the weapons, Rudolph has just looked shaky. He's been struggling with down-the-field accuracy. And in this game, he threw 
multiple interceptions yet again. So Rudolph is, in my eyes, not even on the streamer radar any longer. Completely DOA for fantasy purposes. And with Johnson and Juju out, uh, if you've been writing him as a backup, I think it's time to make other arrangements. Absolutely. There's a chance that they could both come back next week because they do have the 10 days off of rest. But concussions are tricky. You never want to speculate on those. So if they're both out, he's going to be throwing to Johnny Holton and Tevin Jones. Tevin Jones just caught his first two passes of his career last game. Uh, Johnny Holton is a fourth-year UDFA. That's There's no fantasy value out of any of those players or out of Mason Rudolph. Or out of James Washington, but some people are seemingly high on that. But I think the increasing coverage that he'll have to deal with is going to cap any upside that that may have had for you. Yeah, and I, I had to guess, out of the two, Juju's more likely to come back for next week. I really don't think Johnson's going to be back next week, based on that hit. I'm like, inclined to agree with that speculation. However, it is speculation. Completely fair, and to your point about James Washington, he caught three of five targets for 49 yards, and he had a drop, so... He's just been coming off a couple games where he's getting back into the getting back into the rotation, so that's why I felt like it was worth bringing up. But really, sure. exists. As we, really, as we talked about... Not let's not overanalyze. There's the rookies you don't want the or the the UDFA and just just nothing you want there really. Just unfortunately, it's kind of a giant scrap heap. And we glanced over it a little bit, but uh, James Connor, who we'd been talking about on the Wednesday show as a possible buy low candidate, my analysis was, well, if I'm doing that, I agree with it because the schedule is just so unbelievably favorable and they rely on the runs so much. But I got to get both the package of James Connor. And I have to be able to get Jalen Samuels. And I was vindicated, I believe, unfortunately, on the Thursday night because James Conner came into the game and looked slow. And after taking a couple of big knocks early in the game, re-injured his shoulder and was ruled out before halftime. So Jalen Samuels gets the touchdown in his stead and ends up with a 15 in PPR scoring even in a night when Mason Rudolph threw multiple interceptions and the Browns completely dominated. So as I said, that position will have value, but you have to be able to get both. And now, unfortunately, I feel like it's just kind of what, it, what, what was your guys' take on that? Yeah. Thank I mean, you. Oh, go ahead. Right Jason. on point. Yeah. I feel like you're definitely right on point. I, I was telling people that I'm fine if you're getting Connor, but you want Samuels as well. And if, they said in the pre-show just barely that he said he wasn't 100%, and that made me nervous. And at that point, it was too late to start telling people you need to get Samuels in there because it was iffy from there on. And like you said, that first time he touched the ball, it didn't look right. And yeah, I just, it's rough. You, you want that position because they will, of course, run the ball. But it is one of those things that you want both players for sure. It's hard to trust Connor going forward. He feels like he's going to be in and out of the lineup. The stat for Jalen Samuels that stands out for me is he had 19 receiving yards on the day, but he had 45 yards after the catch. There, That's just what the Steelers' offense is at this point. It's Jalen Samuels' dump-off. It was supposed to be Juju dump-offs. It's They're looking to throw the ball about, about three to negative three yards every play. That's all they can do. That effectively is Mason Rudolph's depth of target at this point. It's very... It's kind of his effective range. It's very frustrating. Well, I think that's it for the Steelers, unfortunately. They're in more ways than one. I don't mean that as... <laughs> I didn't mean that intentionally as some sort of like double entendre or metaphor for their season, but it kind of is. So <laughs> let's 
let's talk about the Browns, who are suddenly kind of feeling themselves, kind of resurgent a little bit here. Uh, I was impressed with the defense, just candidly. Oh, yeah, they look pretty good. They were able to get after the quarterback, and, I mean, they were they were, seemed to be everywhere. It was crazy to see how fast they looked. I don't know if that's something that's going to keep up, or it was just because of the hatred between the No teams. Olivier Vernon. They did it without one of their best guys. Yeah. No Vernon for that game. So Joe Schobert, he was all over the place. He uh, one of the more underrated linebackers in the NFL. If you play DFS, not sure why you would, but just in case you do, Joe Schobert's a guy to pay attention to. But yeah, the Browns defense was really impressive. I felt like they came in with a really solid game plan and were able to execute it early. And then they just stuck with it for the whole night. And it was just, that was just it. That was just the game plan for the whole day. And it, it, it paid off. <laughs> we'll see if they end up being able to do it again in 17 days. Um, Really, my biggest thing is just uh, you're welcome for my preseason ranking of Jarvis Landry. Everybody who wanted to give up because he wasn't getting touchdowns, you're welcome. Getting back in the swing of things. Uh, super frustrating if you have Nick Chubb. Oh, my <laughs> but, gosh. But uh, vultured twice effectively on the one-yard line, once by Landry and once by Baker Mayfield, although that could have been an OBJ touchdown. But let's do both receivers. Uh, as I kind of said, I'm bullish on Landry for the rest of the season, and I'm kind of eh on OBJ rest of the season. It feels like they're struggling to get him integrated into the offense all the way, and they're really trying. They're making an effort, but Landry, because of the increased attention to OBJ, is going back to my preseason analysis of it. It's finally starting to happen. These good secondaries are just putting everybody on Odell and saying, "Beat me with with Jarvis," and, and he's will. doing it, and he's just doing it. It's finally happening. It's all coming together here for this stretch run. Brutal schedule actually works in Landry's favor. So that's been my whole thing. Definitely works in Landry's favor, works in OBJ's favor too. They get the Dolphins without Xavier Howard. They get the Steelers again, <laughs> and they get the Bengals. So both of those guys should be eating. And the Cardinals. <laughs> and the Cardinals, lest oh, yeah. we forget. It's a good <laughs> note. So yeah, Browns, Browns should be trending up here for the rest of the season. That's that's just helpful for people to just kind of know. Yeah, and if you're looking forward. at pass catchers, I mean, they still have Hunt there, who I guess is not a running back, but actually a pass catcher, <laughs> as discussed in this, before the show. You guys. Oh totally no, we'll just that. talk. We'll just talk about it. We'll just bring it up. Uh, ah. Nick, anyone who rosters Nick Chubb is also frustrated because of the now, well, we'll just call it the Kareem Hunt syndrome. It's, uh, we'll have to think of a better name, but it's uh, it's it's a real thing. Kareem Hunt. Is he had he was six receptions on eight targets just in Thursday's game. He has had was it was it nineteen uh, targets? Seventeen. Seventeen targets in two seasons or two seasons. Excuse two me. games. Two games. Two games since he's been activated uh, from suspension. And just if you have Nick Chubb, his pass catching value has just cratered, which is actually why Steve and I had him rated the way we did in the preseason because we were afraid of him he gets gets back because they've been saying they've got a package for him. So, unfortunately, Nick Chubb he's going to have to get get some love in the red zone uh and it's just he should have had at least one touchdown last night the way that game played out, but super frustrating to say the least. Yeah. Definitely Mayfield was frustrating. A, was this the vulture for him? That was so annoying. But even then he has almost 100 yards. Like he, Yeah, that's the problem though in bonus leagues, he didn't make the extra 8 yards. So he didn't even get that. Finished with a 9.2 in PPR, so 92 rushing yards, and that was it. Not what you were hoping for, uh, based on where most people were drafting Chubb. So, I mean, I, I, you could try and trade him, I guess, but at the same time, you know, it's 
slim pickings at running back right now. So that's kind of uh, painful right now because we've got Nick Chubb from Georgia and he's basically playing Sony Michelle's role in the Patriots offense, but a better <laughs> version of that. And Kareem Hunt is now playing the James White role, but a worse version of that. So it's just a mess. <laughs> the backfield is very frustrating right now, to say the least. Uh, also this week, the Browns released Antonio Callaway, who lost his 10-game suspension with the NF or suspension appeal, I should say, with the NFL. So that's going to be the end of his season, and he is no longer Browns. Um, <sighs> Rashard Higgins still couldn't get a target. Yeah. Anybody you want in, based on that? Nobody I really want, unless it's maybe the deepest of leagues. Uh, Rashard Higgins ran 17 routes. He was third on the team in routes run. Uh, Kaderil Hodge had one reception for 41 yards, but nothing really of interest from either of them. They're both fun players, but not any real fantasy value. Nothing I want to count on, at least not yet. We'll have to see how it shakes out. But um, we'd be remiss if we didn't get into the ending of this game, which is, as I prefaced before, this game cannot exist without some sort of disaster or blow up that usually costs the Browns the game. But in this case, it did not cost the Browns the game. It just cost the Browns one of their best players on defense. So I'll turn it over to you, gentlemen, to let you explain what happened and offer any analysis that you may have on. Well, there's not much analysis to be had. Uh, Once you play IDP. Of, <laughs> well, in terms of uh, what happened, Miles Garrett hit uh, Mason Rudolph in the head with his helmet. That caused some explosions. There's a lot of takes flying all over the place, but Miles Garrett will be suspended, ruining your IDP leagues, which were already <laughs> ruined earlier because you're in an IDP league. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I mean, for both sides of it, it's silly because I think Rudolph kind of instigated it by pulling on his helmet, it looked like, as he was going down. Granted, that is what I, I think... saw as well, but it still, it doesn't justify anything. But Correct. There was a, he was being tackled, and it looked like Mason Rudolph went for Miles Garrett's helmet. This is with about eight seconds to go in the game. Uh, and Mason Rudolph <laughs> paid the price for going after Miles Garrett's helmet because Miles Garrett overreacted, ripped Mason Rudolph's helmet off of him, and then pulled him uh, up by his helmet. <laughs> pulled him up by his helmet in the process, and then proceeded to strike him in the head with his own helmet, causing a melee to ensue on the field. In which, uh, after Miles Garrett struck Mason Rudolph with his helmet, he was then Pouncey. tackled. He was then tackled by two Steelers, one of whom being Marquise Pouncey, who then delivered five or six rabbit punches to Miles Garrett's head, and then started kicking him when he was on the ground. Uh, Marquise Pouncey is now a folk hero in uh, Pennsylvania, even more than he already was. If you go on Steelers Twitter, which I would not uh, advise you to do. It is a horrible, horrible place. Uh, come at me. <laughs> and uh, uh, do, But uh, folk hero for those people now. And uh, there you go. So like I said, this game cannot end without some sort of disaster. Miles Garrett today was suspended indefinitely by the NFL. So uh, that, in my mind, means for the season. So we'll oh, yeah. see. They've we'll said see for the season uh, and, and for the playoffs if they make it, and he'll have to meet with the NFL before they reinstate him next year if yeah. they decide to. So there you go. So we'll see how that impacts them moving forward. It hurts the Browns' defense a little bit. He was he is one of their best players. Well, but, and at the same point, Pouncey's actually has a three game suspension right now. Yes, he did get a three game suspension for his role uh, in that little that little skirmish, and. Uh, Browns oh, D-tackle yes, Larry Ogunjobi also has a one-game suspension, which really hurts the Browns' defense next yep. week as well. 
Well, and also, just as a final thing then, since we'll do all the notes, Mason Rudolph has elected to not pursue criminal charges against Miles Garrett and considers it an NFL matter. So that that is the summation of that. Uh, boy, I'd be furious if you hit me with my own helmet. But at the same time, I feel like also Mason Rudolph probably said a word that you shouldn't say to somebody. I agree. I think that's that's uh, that's a thing. And I don't know what that word started with, but to to elicit <laughs> that level that of reaction, yeah. I can guess. We won't say it here because this is a family show, obviously. And that's all specu- reckless speculation, level speculation. But that was what I saw when I saw the replay was I think he went for the helmet. And I think he said a word that you shouldn't say to people. And uh, so there you go. It's quite the mess. Quite the mess. Just like shout every Brown Steel. Shout out David DeCastro for being a responsible adult and just covering Miles Garrett on the ground and not doing anything. Way to go. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, with that, let's get into let's get into proper news here. Let's get into that was actually the biggest news story of the entire NFL cycle of the last twenty four hours. But whoa, 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 we've had two more big ones today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, well, let's uh, let's just make sure everybody keeps in mind that the following teams are on by: Green Bay Packers, the Seattle Seahawks, the Tennessee Titans, and the New York Giants. So, if you've got players from those teams. Just be prepared. As far as quarterback news, the biggest weird news story possibly of the last couple years is Colin Kaepernick suddenly was granted a private workout by the NFL, effectively given no notice and told, show up here for this. And it's very odd. I, I don't know if it's a PR stunt or if this is a real thing or what's going on with this personally, but uh, that's going to happen. And Hugh Jackson is going to be there to call the plays. And th- this time, un- an unnamed GM has said that he plans for all 32 teams to send some level of representative because nobody wants to be the team that doesn't go. But teams that have publicly committed that they will be there are the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Browns, the Broncos, the Lions, the Dolphins, the Pats, the Giants, the Jets, the Bucks, and the R's. Uh, however, I actually am inclined to agree with the unnamed GM who was speculating that every team would send at least some level of representative because I think that's actually a very accurate statement. Nobody wants to be the team that doesn't show up to support this. So uh, I have no fantasy impact to this at all. So there you go. That Your thoughts, gentlemen? You wrote it here. Your new yeah, story. I mean, I like it just because teams need quarterback, as you can clearly tell from the whole issue with Mason Rudolph yesterday and them everybody just seems to be oh, getting Matt hurt. Stafford has broken bones in his back. Correct. We can go through the list. Drew Brees is back now. Cam Newton's done for the year. I mean, we could do the whole thing. It's the year of the backup. Yeah. And so it's one of those things that yes, you should probably at least look at him. He wasn't I think it's, bad when I, he was playing. I think it's premature to recommend picking it up. I agree with knowing that, that exists. So if there's no actual analysis beyond that, I say that we get back uh, to setting lineups. One one point on that, I will make the prediction that he either will be starting at some point for the Detroit Lions in place of Matthew Stafford, or he'll be simulating Lamar Jackson in practice, and the Patriots, <laughs> the Patriots are going to win another Super Bowl. Those are the two oh, options. Boy. Oh, God. oh, why did you bring... I was all happy That's you greeted me genius. about the Lions, and then that you said that, and then I got so bad, and Crap, boy, that's he's going to a brilliant Patriots. move, man. Man, Jack... You've impressed me with your you've impressed me with your insight there and also depressed me at the same time. So I say kudos to you, sir. That 
That is devastating. Devastating analysis, and it makes me very sad. And also, I think you're absolutely correct that I could see that. Man, well, we're not setting lineups anymore because I'm ending the show because I'm too sad to continue. So I'm going to go lay down. (laughs) Belichick wins again. Oh, always. always. Everybody has to pander to him. Why do you work here? You should be on ESPN doing hot takes. (laughs) Work for the hot take, the hot take department. It's a 24-hour network. They need content all day like that. They would eat that up on New England Twitter. We need to definitely tweet this out. Oh, wait. Out it just, it just occurred, take, it just occurred it to me. Certain things are just lining up about how he was able to... Hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. I got the Zach Galifianakis meme going on in my head here. All I'm just certain facts about our friend Jack are starting to line up in my head about how he would have that level of insight and what other projects he works on that he might know this type of thing. Oh, interesting. <laughs> speculation pure speculation uh-huh uh-huh yeah uh-huh okay well we won't get into that on this show <laughs> we never do that so as far as tight ends go uh this is a weird one so just keep in mind jack doyle shoulder injury questionable for sunday i happen to think he's gonna play uh gerald everett uh questionable with a wrist they've actually come out and said they expect him to play but he's still questionable the two that are much less for sure, are Austin Shaheen and Trey Burton, who uh, I don't know how you would have been playing them anyway, but uh, Bears, as Jason, as you pointed out in the pre-show meeting, will be playing with probably no tight end. Yeah. So, well, not uh, no tight end, but... <laughs> kind of. <laughs> ben we'll get there. Like to have we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> also, you should expect to be without Matthew Stafford, who's already been ruled out with the aforementioned broken bones in his uh, Austin Hooper has also been ruled out and will likely be out for the next three to four weeks beyond this I game. Cry, five. Cry. five. What would you say? Five or cry? I cry, cry. <laughs> it, still so, it still sounded like five, but yep. cry. Uh, yeah, the, the, um, the Dawson Knox. <laughs> <laughs> you try. George Kittle. Uh, you try. I'll be. I'll be flavor flakes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Daw- Dawson Knox. In all likelihood, we'll see. I don't know how you were counting on Dawson Knox anyway. And George Kittle is literally listed as doubtful, and I really don't think he's going to play. So that's that's really that's he's. It, it'd be shocking if George Kittle was going to play. Uh, so let's go through some of the names to note here. Let's just start with with the Bears tight end. So just have at it, gentlemen. Go go nuts. To start with Ben Braunecker, did you know that Ben Braunecker went to Harvard? Because every time he gets a catch from now on, you're going to be reminded of that fact. <laughs> he was the number two last week behind Burton. Uh, he only ran uh, four routes, but he did catch his lone target for an 18-yard score. So there's a chance. He's a six foot, six foot four, 252 pounds. He can play every down, unlike Trey Burton, who's just a glorified slot receiver. Could It could happen. You want to reference what he did last week? Well, before we just, I'm just going to let you go. Like, just go, go, go. It was one touchdown. He had a one reception, one touchdown. There you go. There 18 you go. yard score. There you Man, go. He sounds like a uh, Steven Carlson last night. Uh, <laughs> Princeton. Oh, we're still on Ivy league. Okay. Sorry. Uh, all right. I, I just know that we were never, we were never going to get, we were never going to get it contained. So we'll just do, we'll just do that now. So there you go. <laughs> Jack Cavanaugh loves, <laughs> Loves tight ends who are are pretty irrelevant. 
just loves a Harvard tight end. I was gonna say. There you go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> loves Harvard. Harvard tight end is what he probably rode crew too. I <laughs> <laughs> too much. I'm sorry. No, that's perfect. No, that's, look at. we needed to go out on a joke, and that you you nailed it. So let's just go. Like, so I like Nick Foles. I'm iffy on him. It's not the person I w- really want to play, but I think he's going to give you solid numbers this week. Always strong to start with that then. Yeah. And then Kyle Allen. I really I like him this week. I think it's a good chance, and we'll talk about him later. And then I guess looking at tight ends, you have Darren Felst, still two available, Ryan Griffin, and Noah Fant, which... I'm standing up. You're welcome. I'm standing up. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm. I really like his talent, and it's just one of those things that he he's one of those guys that all it would really take is one, and he's going to run down the sideline with a body on him and just go. As we have pointed out <laughs> many times, going back to the preseason, Noah Fant ran a four five at the combine and was furious at that result because he was sick. <laughs> Because he claims <laughs> that he can run a 4-3, and after watching him now all season, I, I am inclined to agree. There is no linebacker in the NFL that can cover him in any kind of foot race, as we have seen demonstrated. It is just, all as we've been saying all season, it is a matter of time before he was just going to be able to start putting things together. And I'm still not convinced for 2019 that every game is going to be a gem. But with the quarterback change, things are looking up for Noah Fant. I think this is the time where you can still add Noah Fant. I'd say it's time to go do so in tight end desperate situations, which is 90% of us. I'd also consider trading for him in any kind of dynasty or keeper league. Yes, because I think next year he's going to be amazing and he's going to be way too high to get him at a value. Yep. Because they are going to feature the tight end in that offense. A, they want to. B, they need to. So they need a, a security blanket for Brandon Allen. So as long as he can continue to do that, he's going to be unstoppable. I wanted to make sure that we talked about him today on this show. He oh, was we will talk about him later too. So he, he is, he is an excellent fill in as we will get into. And I think with upside for the future. Um, and then there's two sad ones. So let's, 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 yeah. Let's, Got these are the, like Ross Dwelly and uh, Luke Stalker. I think the sad face really is just all the yeah. analysis that needs to be provided. Opportunity yeah. is there, but the player not, above replacement level to be polite about it. Starting so, tight end targets, for the 49ers, but... starting tight end for the Falcons, not good players. A lot of opportunity. Neither one can can catch, frankly, is a big part of the problem. So um, Samuel and uh, Ridley, here you go. Yep. Uh, Jacob Hollister for next week. Uh, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, the, uh, but anyway, let's go to running back. Uh, keep in mind that Jay Ajayi today signed with the Eagles. He's back. Woohoo! That, on the, <laughs> that on the heels of Darren Sproles effectively being done for the Eagles. Uh, it also makes me nerd for Howard this weekend. Just Well, Howard is very questionable, so let's just start there. Up in the air, Jordan Howard, shoulder injury, has been limited all week in practice, uh, so we'll see if he's able to go. He may get less of a workload than normal. I may be looking for other arrangements, whether it's Howard or whether it's Ajayi, I don't know, but, or excuse me, whether it's... Uh, Sanders. Sanders, thank you. You're uh, uh, that, that would be the concern. Um, Le'Veon Bell, limited all week, questionable, 
I think he's going to play, but it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to lessen his effectiveness, which has been an, uh, an issue. We talked about that on Wednesday. As you've uh, seen. As you've seen. Adrian Peterson, uh, very questionable with a toe. They say he's going to play, but if he does, he's going to be in a committee with Darius guys anyway, who's back this week. Don't want to be counting on Adrian Peterson. Uh, David Montgomery played poorly last week, apparently due to an ankle injury. And uh, I'm very concerned about him. Uh, for this week as well, considering that he was limited all week in practice. And uh, it really hurt him badly if you watch that game at all last week. He was not able to get any kind of burst on that ankle. So I don't know how much I don't know how much they're going to be willing to play him. Uh, same thing, Matt Breida, ankle injury. I really don't think he's playing this week. Uh, Say that, but it's Matt Breida. I know, he's basically mind. made out of spare parts. So I don't know how they keep putting him back together, but they said he was going to miss one to two games and they still haven't ruled him out. So just, I don't want to play Matt Breida this week, even if he is, if I have any other options, given how questionable he is. And then Ty Johnson uh, left last week with a concussion. He was reinstated this week and looks like he's going to play. Neil's um, favorite player. Yeah. I have no interest in Ty Johnson. I'm just reading what's on the page. So, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, and Devonta Freeman has been ruled out already. So um, let's just get into players to look at. And I'll just lead it off real quick with Brian Hill because he doesn't really qualify, but he's only at 60% ownership. So he doesn't really qualify for the list, but at the same time, I'm going to go check that out because there's still 40%. Yeah, so, Brian Hill anywhere, go and do it because yeah, it is I'm gonna Brian go do that Hill season for the rest of 2019. Yeah, Jack's favorite player. So like, what? by the way, way to be a week early and not a week late to that party. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, that was one of your Who could best have predicted that season. Devontae Freeman was going to get hurt after I did. already I being did. Hurt. I did actually, but I didn't have the week right. You did you got you got like down to almost like the minute? It was pretty impressive. So, uh, but yeah, uh, Brian Hill, if if he was still available, uh, is who I would want off this list. But anyway, let's go through the list properly. Yeah. So uh, Darius guys, as mentioned, he will be probably in a work timeshare. Sorry, not workload share timeshare. But it's one of those things. I think that they're going to work him in more because of Peterson's I toe. Getting, I think he's getting the 65%, 35%. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. And it's one of those things that I think, given how good his schedule is coming up, it's somebody that you might want to stash anyway. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so talented. Oh, also, he's, yeah, thank you. He's a great player. If Steve was here, he would, he would be pounding the table for Darius, guys. Yeah, and then Raheem Mostert. I mean, man, with Brita being out, Potentially, sorry. I agree with this. Never know. No, and I agree Coleman with this. also having an injury. It's Jeff one Wilson. Of Jeff Wilson, the return. He's back. It's going to be a three-headed monster because it's Shanahan. So I agree with this, though. He's going to get some run, even yep. though he himself is questionable. Of course. And then uh, we brought it up with Montgomery. If he is out, Cordell Patterson and Ryan Nall are two players. I'm not sure which one they're going to go with, but man, Ryan Nall is talented. And if Nall can... is talented. If it's Patterson, I'm going to be sick to my stomach. As somebody who watches we... the Bears, uh, Ryan Nall is talented. I agree with that. We saw that in the preseason. I think we can all agree that Tariq Cohen still doesn't matter, though. <sighs> Even with no tight end, that's how frustrating that is. Yeah, it's the worst part. But yeah, doesn't um, matter. Yeah. So I don't want to spend too much time on that, though. Other than just point out Ryan Nall is talented. So we'll see. If... I don't want to count on that, though, in my starting lineup. But it is an interesting name. Even going back to the preseason. Um, I like your next name though quite a bit because he's got a really positive matchup and he's going to get like all the work. Oh, Kalen Balaj, yeah, yeah, he's pro- he'll probably be okay. 
I just one week, one week for this week. If because with all the teams on a buy, I like him as like a flex. Weirdly, if I only needed like ten points, if I was feeling good about my matchup and I needed ten, like ten, that's kind of what I'm expecting. And if he falls into the end zone, he's going to get you sixteen. Yeah, it's going to be an ugly game, and I'm. Oh, it's going to be so ugly. It's going to be sloppy. Uh, and and then I'll do the last one because I keep being right about this week in week out. J D McKissick till he gets hurt. I won't tell you this again. <laughs> Double digit points again last week. Paul He's, Perkins. It's 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 J D McKissick till he gets hurt. All right, that's what it is. They they have to throw the ball. They're down. Their defense is so hurt and bad. They can't stop anybody. And J.D. McKissick is the guy they go hurry up to. So until J.D. McKissick gets hurt, that's the one I'm going to play. Because he's pretty much good for like a 12 minimum every week in PPR with how many passes he's catching. Don't You're not playing him for the rushing yards. You're playing him because he's going to catch six passes and you just hope at some point he falls into the end zone and you get really lucky. A J.D. Uh, McTheo McRiddick. Uh, yes, yes. Can count on him for until he's, until he's not healthy. That's Ty Johnson exactly it. can't count on him, unfortunately. Thank you. Finally. Finally, I'm just glad somebody admitted it. Finally, I've read about this for weeks. Wide receiver, uh, Hollywood Brown, questionable with an ankle. That was a really good one. He's um, going to be that guy for the rest of his career, like Deshaun Jackson, where he might play, might not, and as he gets older, he's going to play less and less. But he's just going to be that guy for the rest of his career, where he's questionable every single game. Or Alshon Jeffrey, <laughs> <sighs> or Will Fuller. Uh, no. <laughs> who I'd be is back, quest- though. questionable with well. the hamstring? So, yeah, we'll see if he can get back this week. I'm not counting on Purdue. Uh, as we mentioned, Alshon Jeffrey has already been ruled out. Pretty so shocking. Not count on that. Paul Richardson, for what it's worth, even though I've been saying don't play anybody who's playing receiver for the yards anymore with that mess they got playing quarterback right now. It'll get better, but ugh, right now, no. Uh, uh, Paul Richardson also ruled out. AJ Green ruled out yet again. Brandon Cooks deactivated early in the week because of the concussion. So not good news there. Play again? I, I don't know about this year. M- maybe next year. We'll see. I- I'm getting nervous about him. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders with the rib injury. We'll see. That's an actual game time decision on that one. If he is going to play, I'm a little worried about his effectiveness. But given That's- the opportunity, given the opportunity, though, if he's on the field, we've seen what he gets. Yeah, he I'm still all the targets. One of those things that I'm just not going to be touching it either way. Okay. I Fair would enough. like to see Samuel Sanders play, but I'm not making yeah, that. I'm worried about it because I don't know everybody's teams. You know what I mean? Some people might not have better options. We'd have to see. Um, Paris Campbell's ruled out with a hand. T.Y. Hilton's ruled out with the same calf. Uh, so once again, Zach Pascal season. There we go. Because this time, Brissett's playing. There you go. That's why. So everybody was ready to cut bait on Zach Pascal, our, the official. <laughs> the official wide receiver pickup of the important nonsense podcast, apparently, <laughs> is Zach Pascal. Because we are all in agreement on this. And he was just tanked by Brian Hoyer. We talked about this on Wednesday. Brian Hoyer tanked everybody, including Zach Pascal. With Brissett back. I like it. I'm back in on the Zach Pascal. Target share is too high. Yep. Got to. Yeah. Got to do it. If you and need I mean, flex help. Yeah. And while I really wish John Brown was an option, Cole Beasley is probably available as one of those players that you can kind of throw into your lineup, and he'll be okay. And, he, and I know we don't like to give the analysis that he's going to score a touchdown, but at this pace, Cole Beasley <laughs> is going to score a touchdown because he always does. And last I'd time he played the Dolphins. I'd argue with you about this if you were wrong, but it's the Dolphins, and I, and I, I can't counter you. 
last time he played the Dolphins, he had like 16 yards and a touchdown. So he's probably going to score again. It's the Dolphins. Probably. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually more interested uh, in the other name that's lower than him, Debo Samuel, if there Emmanuel Sanders isn't playing. I'd be more interested in that because I think he's going to get the target monster for the for the 49ers. Uh, so that'd be my... If Zach Andy Pascal wasn't available. Yeah, I, well, in spurts. He's still got the hands issues. Why is he body catching is my question. Every time I watch him play, I don't understand that. But anyway, let's not get too deep Samuel is athletic and quambled, and and I want that guy on my roster. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. If I can't get Zach Pascal, I'm going with Debo over Cole for me. Agreed. That's the way I'm doing that. Uh, But you got a couple more names here. Yeah. um, Hunter Renfro, it's one of those things. This is a good matchup for him. I think he's going to have a good game. Should have enough targets. We'll be fine. And I actually really like Taylor Gabriel because, man, Ramsey's going to be all over Allen Robinson, and I think he's just going to get enough targets to make him pretty safe. Go safe. (laughs) A safe play this week. And then because he loves him so much, (laughs) J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Mac Hollins. With Alshon Jeffrey being out. I don't think we need to belabor belabor that point. Those are at the bottom of the list for a reason. That's a 16-team league type of move. Fantasy season is in full swing, but you can get covered with Rotoshurance for your DFS team. All you have to do is draft your team on any DFS platform out there, then head over to rotoshurance.com and fill out the daily fantasy insurance form. All they need is some basic information like your name, email, how much the contest entry fee is, and the player that you want to insure. When you're doing that, you can enter promo code NONSENSE, that's N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E, to get 20% off of your coverage. If your insured player gets injured in the first half and does not return for the second half of the game due to that injury, then you're covered. You get your full entry fee back to that DFS contest. So what do you have to lose? Head on over to rotoassurance.com, use promo code NONSENSE to save 20% on your plan, and remember that injuries can happen at any time, so sign up today. Trust me. Trust? I'm asking you to trust me. Or busts. You make any kind of mistake and boom! Players to start. That a fish you can trust or what? Trust your instincts. Players that should sit. Go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat right over there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Helping you set your lineup. Don't make the same mistake I made. To win your week. Gotcha. Can't win, don't try. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. And remember, don't trust anyone over 30! Let's help people set their lineups. Let's get into trust or bust. QBs always go first. Yeah, and we brought him up earlier. I like Derek Carr this week, going up against a team that gives up the third most points to quarterbacks in Cincinnati Bengals. Beyond that, man, he's looked good the past couple weeks. His QBRs, 110, on average between the past two games, I think really solid. And, I mean, even then, his completion percentage, they showed it during the Chargers game. Probably one of the best at 70%. That's pretty incredible they don't take too many deep shots as a function of that but yes i agree with you he does complete the passes that they do ask him to throw and that's why it counts and since the bye he's been averaging 23.75 fantasy points per game so it's one of those things he's a good safe option i think he can definitely slide right in there for you 
And then Kyle Allen is going up against a team that gives the 10th most fantasy points to quarterbacks and 418 yards to receivers. That's just blowing my mind. (laughs) So I like Curtis and I like DJ more this week and it's going to be disgusting. I'm in good game scripts where Kyle Allen has has had to throw. He scored over 20 fantasy points, including against Green Bay, Arizona, and Tampa Bay. Like his one really bad game was against the 49ers. Go figure. Everybody's really bad game is against the 49ers to that point. Um, I am totally with you on the Derek Carr uh, situation there. I've got him at 10 this week. Uh, I've got Kyle Allen in streamer territory. And uh, so I think there's, there's based on the matchup, uh, I'm inclined to agree. I think there's some guys I'd prefer, but if you're going to stream somebody, uh, Kyle Allen for sure. You can definitely do worse than Kyle Allen. And the thing with Derek Carr is the Bengals have some of the worst linebackers in the NFL. Darren Waller and Foster Moreau are two of the most athletic tight ends in the NFL. And there's going to be a lot of success for Derek Carr. I also think Josh Jacobs is going to have a monster game. Just Josh Jacobs over under on two touchdowns. I've taken the over. Definitely. 20 touches too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Over. I think they get up big and just start salting it away. Because they're running that, we talked about it on Wednesday. They're just running that '90s offense that Gruden runs, and that that offense doesn't have too many too tight end. Run the ball, take deep shots off play action when you need to. That's it. It's the only time we really push down the field. Otherwise, we just complete everything for seven yards and just drive that way. It's not a bad system when it works. It's just it's a little antiquated by current NFL standards. Still, it looks weird compared to what other people are doing, but it's not. It's ineffective. Um, It's boring. Slightly. I'm uh, I'm more interested in your bust, though, for quarterback. Yeah, and it's, like we said, I think this is going to be an ugly game. So I'm going to put Josh Allen as my bust this week. I'm really nervous about it. I think the only thing that saves him is going to be his rushing floor and potentially a rushing touchdown. And I think that they're going to run the ball effectively. It's one of those things that, you know, okay, he might be able to throw a potential touchdown to Beasley or Brown or whomever. But I just, this game... Miami has gotten something into their water. I think it's what's going on, and they've been wanting to play, and I don't understand why, but it makes me a little nervous about this game. I could make a Miami joke, but we're, we're going we're gonna to move on. Uh, <laughs> better. Be gonna, better than that. Move on from it. Um, the, the, I've got Josh Allen at 12, I'll just say. So I'd rather Josh Allen than Kyle Allen, uh, just because I think that it is still Miami, and the rushing floor is going to still be there for him. I, st- I think he gets a rushing touchdown in this game. Um, I, it's, it's just something that th- there's the Dolphins defense, although playing better recently is still very sloppy. So the last I, time these teams faced that Josh Allen was the QB seven on the week. Yeah. So uh, I've got there, him, is, there is the chance that Devin Singletary dominates this game. There's a chance that Frank Gore dominates this game. And there's a chance that TJ Yeldon dominates this game. Cause any of them really could. It's the Dolphins. Yeah, it's it's kind of a crapshoot, but I've got him at 12 for that reason because he was 7 the last time and I know it was ugly, but facts are facts. Um but uh let's do something a little bit more complicated. Let's move into running back with teams on a bye and also just the general like how running back works this year. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of pretty easy. We brought it up earlier. Brian Hill, okay? Going up against a team that gives the most points to running backs in the Carolina Panthers. Last week, he had 23 touches and looked good with them. Like, it's one of those things that he's just going to be able to run the ball. 
They're going to give it to him, and this is an easy defense to run on. Plus, I Ryan has just been iffy to me, and I think this is going to be a safe play for him. Should have enough touches to be effective. And then I mentioned it again earlier, Darius Geis. I think he's going to be the more the heavier end at the 65-70% range with Haskins being there and kind of leaning on him to save him. And he's a better pass catcher of the two. Clearly, they don't like Smallwood, so it's one of those things. It, 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 it's going to go to guys, and I just I see him having a decent game this week. Up to your point, it is Brian Hill season. Brian Hill is the back going forward. We don't need to belabor that point anymore. Uh, Darius Geis is just so talented. If it weren't for some character issues, he might have been the number two running back off the board. He's better than Rashad Penny. He's better than Sony Michelle. He might be better than Nick Chubb. Darius Geis is really talented. Yeah, 100%. We've been saying that for two years on this show, it feels like. So so we won't belabor that point either. I am totally fine with both of those because they will absolutely qualify at the position. And that's the tricky part of this little exercise is actually finding guys that will qualify for running back because you need to I've get I've been people. working on it. No, you got two good ones. So no, I, I'm, I'm, I think we're all in consensus for a change. That That is good stuff. So let's not, let's not beat a dead horse. Who, who, are we, uh, who do you want to fade this week? Uh, Philip Lindsay. That's an interesting one. I know. He had a good game last week too. I know, but I still Freeman's still getting more of the touches. He's more effective, in my opinion. It's one of those things. Minnesota is good against the run, and I, Freeman's getting more passes. Like I don't know what Lindsey's role really is at this point, and I'm well trusting him to be one of those guys. I can ex- that, I can explain this quickly. Perfect. So the Go way that it. this has been working is that Philip Lindsay has been being used as the actual running back, first and second down traditional running back for the first like eight games of the season when they still had Flacco. And uh, what's ended up happening here is um, that's not really been working all that well. <laughs> and so they've been using Royce Freeman as the third down back effectively, and it's kind of the the alternate running back. They've been your numbers are all correct. Freeman's been seeing more of the field predictably because they've been losing. They haven't been able to move the ball when they actually put Philip Lindsay out there last week. They didn't play Royce Freeman hardly at all because in many ways, Royce Freeman has actually been kind of ineffective. Uh, when they actually ask him to run the ball, he's been having a problem where he's been dancing in the hole this season. And that's not how they want him to run the ball. They want him to run to the hole and hit the hole. And that's what Philip Lindsay was able to give them last week. So they also had to simplify the playbook when they, when they switched from Flacco to Brandon Allen. And in that, They've been switching. The, they switched the running backs less last week, and then we went into the bye. So we actually don't know anymore what the roles are going to be for these two guys. So while I don't necessarily disagree with you in terms of fading Philip Lindsay, it's almost in this at this point like we don't know if it's going to be a fifty-fifty split anymore, or if Philip Lindsay is going to end up taking back like seventy percent of the job because Freeman hasn't been able to like run the ball effectively enough. And they're just going to go back to Lindsay. That's the thing. Lindsay's like an okay pass catcher, but Freeman's actually a better pass catcher. So it's really weird how that, how that's been working out. And I think that they've been simplifying it down. So this is a real wait and see. I feel like nobody knows how to rank either of these guys this week, just because of all the uncertainty around it. So does that help kind of clarify the situation? It's, it, it clarifies it for me in the sense that I'm just trying to point out that Clear what you what you've walked into here is the, like the most opaque thing in the universe. It's like obsidian. No one knows anything about it because they literally changed. It's it's a function of changing quarterbacks and changing offenses slightly 
and then it working, and then you going into the bye. Okay, do you think and, he'll be a top 24 running back? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> that's where I'm at. I don't think so. I don't think it, they think that they're still I going do. to split. I have Philip Lindsay. One of those things. You have him what? 20. Oh. So right on the inside of it. Um, Is he I also just, ahead of James White? Because that's I'm going to hit you. Find out. <laughs> you could try to hit me. I'm like bigger, <laughs> heavier than you. Like <laughs> Um, let's see. Riveting radio here, guys. Yeah, I know, right? Thanks for putting <laughs> the spot here. We need effort. You're welcome. Well, take your shot, Captain, because yeah, I have I have James White just slightly lower. Okay. Yeah. Uh that's that's my problem. I think that White's gonna be extremely effective this week and part of the and reason very I into James like, White this week. All right. Thank you. It's a tough one. That's a tough one. Cool. Let's cool not Lindsay, but not uh, completely out on him. A player that I am out on is Kalen Balage because he turns out it's not very good at football. Well, that's shocking. that's not shocking at all. But yeah, I see how you're talking about consensus. The note here: consensus RB twenty six ahead of James White. And uh, yeah, that that better. just that be better. Is, that is yeah, like okay. I mean, be better, people. There's like, there's no analysis there. Yeah, yeah, I have Kalen one of the most Ballage, consistent running backs. Like, I have Kalen Balaj in like the 30s. I have James White ahead of that for sure. Like, yeah, that's that's uh, woof. <laughs> what was the final thought on James White there before we move into White? I'm very in on James White. Yeah, he's just super consistent. It's one of those players that he's going to get you 10 to 12 points no matter what the game script. And if he gets a touchdown, you're going to look at 16 to 18 points. Like, this is a good game for him. It should be fine. Especially the Eagles and Patriots, too. It's going to be a competitive game, and when it's competitive, the Patriots throw the ball. <laughs> That's fair, unless the Eagles' defense completely packs it in. But let's not beat that to death. We've already talked about how we're... James White, get him in your lineup this week. Eagles' secondary is bad. He catches passes. Kind of rates itself. Um, the uh, wide receivers, though, a little bit, little bit of a tough one this week with bad matchups and, frankly, people being deactivated. Yeah, it, it's kind of rough, but, you know, we brought him up earlier. It's Zaska, Zach Pascal. It's one of those things. I think it's a good, an okay matchup. Oh. Jacoby's back. It should be able to be opened up more because he's going to be able to throw it around, and Pascal is a target leader in that group. So, man, I, I just see him doing wonderful things, as we've mentioned. He should get enough targets to be a perfectly top 24 wide receiver in my opinion and then well, dd westbrook i mean one of the more that's the more players. controversial one that's yeah. the because he's been questionable so much that's the controversial one but if he is healthy it's one of those things that if he is healthy and falls being back a more accurate quarterback it's i i see him doing the colts focusing on shark and dd being able to run free until they get that switch, I don't think it's going to be them focusing on him, and I think it's going to be one of those. He gets the targets. He's still the third most, even with him missing a couple of weeks. It's one of those pretty impressive stats that he had been tied with Shark pretty much all season. So it's one of those, I think he's a safe play. 
with Nick Foles, too, is we know two things about him. He likes to throw to big-bodied receivers, and he likes to throw to the slot. DD's not really a big-bodied receiver. That's more of DJ Chark and Chris Conley's game. So he might be phased out, but DD is going to be the slot guy. So is Nick Foles going to check it down to him because he's a superior athlete? It could go either way, but I think DD Westbrook is a pretty good guy to trust going forward, and I think he'll have a good week this week. Okay. See, I think about I'm okay with trusting him a little bit more moving forward, but I'm not super excited about him this week. I've got him 30. So I'm not really all in on that one uh, with you for this week, but let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes and how involved he actually is. Cause there's a lot of turmoil with this, as we pointed out uh, on Wednesday, um, just with how the quarterback change is going to affect everything. Uh, boy, I'm looking at your bus list and pretty impressive, isn't it? Pretty chalky. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <Yo>, Chuck. <laughs> I brought it up earlier, man. Allen Robinson, Ramsey Shadow, Trubisky not being good, Montgomery potentially out. Woof. I mean, uh, I it's going to be a rough game for him. I don't want it. And even then, I mean, looking at the next person, another good receiver, but it's Stefan Diggs with Harris on him. It's one of those things. I'm just, these games are not games that I'm, big fans of because at least these receivers definitely are not. I, I'm I like the game at least for the Jags. I want to see what they have with Foles coming back. And then I think that, you know, Vikings are gonna run the ball. I mean, it's one of those things <laughs> that that's what yes. they want to do and they're gonna be super effective at it this week. So we'll see about that. Um they should be. <laughs> but we'll see if that actually comes to pass. The Broncos are weirdly inconsistent at run stopping. Some weeks they can do it, and some weeks they can't. Very odd. Yeah, but he's also, to be fair, a wide receiver. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so. but yeah. Well, the biggest thing with this is I could also see that game ending 13-10 to because that's the game that the, both teams want to play. That's Denver's what Denver's going to want to do in return to try and limit how many times that uh, the Vikings actually see the ball on offense. Um, but that one's a little bit less chalk. I know a lot of people are on digs in the industry because uh, Adam Thielen – uh, has been ruled out, obviously. So that's that's a little bit controversial. Uh, and then uh, uh, Allen Robinson, though, that's the one I was referring to as John. Uh, we talked about that at length on Wednesday. But no, I have Stefan Diggs still as a start, although I do have not, I will say, I, I, would, I would have him normally a lot higher. Uh, I've got him at 17. I'd normally have him a lot higher in a game with no Adam Thielen. So having him at 17 is a function of, yeah, not crazy about the shadow, to your point. Yeah, that, that's the big thing is one of those, you have to adjust your expectations on him. He's one of those players that is going to get tough coverage this week, especially without dealing there. Jack, any parting thoughts on wide receiver before we hustle through tight end? Uh, no, nothing really. You guys kind of summed it up perfectly. It's just not good with good, it's good corners on good receivers. Yeah, and it's, a, and it's a weird week this week too. Um, with, you know, no no Seattle, and a bunch of teams not playing. Uh, but who, out of curiosity, let's just do Noah Fant. We already teased it. Yeah. Noah Fant, tight end trust. Let's go. Let's go. Yep. And it's really risky because Minnesota has not given up a touchdown to the tight end, and they've played really good tight ends. So it's one of those things. He has a lot of skill. He's a big dude, and he's fast. And so targets. Yeah. I mean, since Sanders is gone, 20 targets, 11 receptions, Five yards per catch. Man, it, it should be his wide-open talent should just blow them away. 
if they can get him the ball enough, I will not be surprised him being the first tight end to get that touchdown. Yeah, to your point, the one thing that throws cold water on it is Minnesota has the ability to cover tight ends with their linebackers in a way that their teams cannot. So that that does limit expectations. However, to my point, he was mad about running a four five forty. What linebacker is running four three consistently in pads? I'll wait. <laughs> Kendricks is great, but no, he's not keeping up with him. Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of that's exactly my point. Is in a foot race, uh, I like Noah Fant, but if if you're gonna try and make him run, you know, button hooks and stuff into coverage, uh, Kendricks could probably cover him then. But if you get him moving across the field, like I think Jason's talking about, and let him run away from guys and just put it in front of him, that's how I think you got to get run like the tight end drag with Noah Fant, get him running away from people, and just see if you can get him going the other way down the field. That's what I'd like to see. Um, but we love Noah Fant. We've belabored that. We frankly we've beaten it. Uh, who's your other trust this week? Yeah, and it's another. It's a theme with uh, younger quarterbacks or backup quarterbacks. It's Tyler Eifert. Okay, going up against Oakland, six month giving up the six most points to tight end. Finland being Finley being the backup. Oi! It's one of those things that tight ends are the safety blanket for any quarterback. So I feel comfortable playing him. Man, and he even moved ahead of Mixon targets last week. <laughs> and that just blows me away because Bernard being out, that, wow, Mixon should be getting more targets, but whatever. Not the best pass catcher. Yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, the Frankly, we saw Tyler Eifert have success last week with that. And to your point, Oakland is a great matchup. So let's not waste a whole lot of time on tight end trust. Let's, let's, let's talk about the more, the more interesting side of this column this week, the busts. Well, you know why? Zach Ertz is going against the Patriots, and what they do best is take away your best player. Man, that makes me worried for him. So I'm not going to trust him at all. They're coming off of a bye. They've had time to think about it. And if Jeffrey, with Jeffrey being out, whew, they're going to be able to focus on him a lot more. I guess Aguilar will be in JJ, maybe, or those people that you're going to have to throw It'll it be a to. a lot of Aguilar to the extent that that matters. And Sanders. And Sanders. Sanders. The thing with that is they're going to have to run a lot of two tight end sets. So it's going to be a lot of uh, Dallas Goddard, which is going to be great to see. But Nelson Aguilar is going to have probably 17 targets, 10 receptions for 24 yards. Kurtz is going to be relatively similar. I'm more worried about him getting vultured by by Goddard. But at the same time, I have Zach Ertz as tight end six just because tight end is such a complete wasteland. So saying that he's not in the top like 12 even is... 10 or 12 is fascinating because there's just lack of options. So now I still think you got to roll with it. Although I do completely acknowledge all the points you made about a hideous matchup. And there's a lot of things that are working against you here. Um, the other one though, TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. How about man. the Hawk? I, I can't get on board. And like I, I even said it earlier, you know, it's a backup quarterback here, man. It should be a great matchup, but instead I think they're going to get it to McKissick more. May I just, uh, it's one of those things. I think Jones is going to be the primary target. Galladay's going to get the main coverage. And so I'm worried about him. And he hasn't looked good with the targets that he's had, especially lately. I mean, he just seems to disappear and going against the second worst team against the tight end. Like, it, it should be a great matchup. It's a trap, in my opinion. <laughs> one saving grace we do have is the fact that Jeff Driscoll didn't know he was going to be starting until like hours before the game. So they do have a game plan for Jeff Driscoll now. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, it absolutely it absolutely will be. Uh, 
the the um the last area that we got, by the way i have tj hawkinson at 10 so it's lack of options and the idea that he's going to get some red zone targets in this game i'm not crazy about it that's why he's as low as 10 and given your lack of options so but that being said let's just we got to hustle through defense here real quick to, to help people finish out their lineup yeah. one of them frankly well, one of them I am a big fan of this week okay, only, <laughs> and it's the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I I think coming off that game, they're all hyped up against the Chargers, against Cincinnati. I think it's going to cause some issues. I think they're going to be that grind team, and then the Cowboys against another backup quarterback, and are actually a good defense. So, man, they like the having a lower scoring game. I think that they're going to be able to move the ball as they want against the Lions, but it's one of those things that they should be fine. And then, of course, on the bus side, go figure. I don't know why people are starting them and the Chiefs, but the Chargers. I'm not going to play this. This is going to be a big game. I'm not. No, not yeah, touching it. No, okay, no, no Chargers on Monday Night game. Football. No Chargers on Monday Night Football against the Chiefs, please. Uh, give me the Raiders uh, going against Cincinnati with that backup quarterback making his second ever start, the rookie. Yeah, give me all of that, because they looked horrible last week. And the Raiders' defense is not the Ravens, but they should be absolutely fine. I have the Raiders actually rated uh, really high this week, especially given where the Raiders are normally rated. Uh, Yeah, I have the Raiders at seven this week, and they are not a defense on paper that is worth that consideration. So... Gentlemen, final thoughts, botting words. This looks like it's going to be a bit better of a week. We finally have some teams off of, off of bye, so that's kind of nice to see. We're missing the Packers and the Seahawks, so that kind of hurts the MVP race. So just enjoy the MVP race of Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. That's going to be a big, great game. And then Mahomes is going to continue his MVP magic on Monday night. Yeah, I just hope uh, the Chargers show up for that game. That'll be nice. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> well, before we get on another giant Chargers soap he is that FF nerd, Mr. Jason Draven. He is Mr. Jack Cavanaugh, all the way from Canada. I am Mr. Neil Smith here at importantnonsense.com. And we are out of time concretely. So I hope we have helped you set your lineups and provided you with enough nonsense to get you going for this week. Good luck as we get ready for the early playoff window. And uh, one last reminder, trade deadline is this coming Wednesday standard trade deadline last reminder on this topic guys we won't talk to you again before it happens keep up the nonsense and have a week music for the important nonsense podcast is provided by benjamin banger tri tachyon and admiral bob thank you for listening and be sure to keep up with all the latest content on importantnonsense.com